I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there. Ever dream of making your own podcast? Let me tell you a little bit about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. First, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Why Are You Like This, a podcast devoted to finding out who we are and why we do the things we do. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, and today's guest is a real gift. You've seen him on Broadway in the hit show Be More Chill, on Netflix in Dash and Lily, and basically in any procedural that you've seen on television in the past five years. Please welcome to the mic, the illustrious Troy Iwata. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Welcome to the party. <laughs> Hi. Hi, how are you doing? I'm all right. I I I had an alarm set for nine, and I woke up at eleven forty six. Fierce! You look very put together for an eleven forty six. I I sl- I put all my my skincare in the palm of my hand and just made it one step, and then just like you know, and slathered it on. So I got that dewy look. That's how you do it. It's it's just yeah, yeah all in one hand, and then just kind of slap it around. Keeps you youthful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found like I do skincare your own way because no matter what, there's gonna be an a quote-unquote esthetician on TikTok telling you that that's the incorrect way. Like, there's no, like, everyone's saying something different. So just put it on your face. Like, who cares? Just drink water. Or just drink water. <laughs> just like a starting point, just drink water. Yeah. Um, I say as I am, I'm just so attached to Fenty skin. I can't stop. Okay. And it is too many steps for me, let me tell you. <laughs> Fenty skin, is that, Rih- that's Rihanna's line, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was feeling like, you know, trapped inside, got to get something nice. So I got, yeah. you know, skincare, I guess. Get skincare. Get skincare made by a by a recording artist. I love that. It's the way to do it. The next one I'm yeah. going to get is definitely like Kesha from 2000 skincare. Get Kesha. Mm-hmm. Uh, my boyfriend got J-Lo's line and um, the packaging's worth it. I don't know if the product necessarily works. <laughs> 
But we just kept the if it's so pretty. Well, you, you can frame it, I guess. You can frame, yeah. Get J Lo's skincare and then put it in a frame. Put it on the wall. Yeah. Oh, the power of J Lo. What a gem. Mm-hmm. We don't make performers like that anymore. We don't. But did you know that like her earlier vocals were not her? I did not, but I recently watched on Netflix a thing about autotune that mentioned it wasn't her even auto tune, like it was other people. That's crazy. Like on some of her earlier albums, and one of them was, um, uh, uh, I think it was Brandy. Like Brandy sang one of J Lo's songs, and J Lo got the credit. I, you know what? Don't quote me on that. <laughs> I was like, my whole world is changing right now. I thought I'll have to ask. I'll have to ask. We'll look up. Uh, someone. We'll yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. Google or somebody tell us. Tell us if we're spreading lies. Uh, yeah. Here and now. I love that. Well, Troy, where are you from? Uh, I, I'm from Southern California. Where are you from? Portland, Oregon. Okay. I've never been to Portland. How is that? It is a delightful land full of young entrepreneurs, gray skies, and, uh, lots of trees. It sounds lovely. I want to, I should go. It's definitely one of my favorite places for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. I grew up in Lake Arrowhead, California, which is in Southern California, but in the mountains. And it's a small, like, methy conservative town, um, like, in the forest with snow and, and leaves and stuff. Well, you still have all your teeth, so it looks like you avoided the I meth. Saw, my dad's a dentist. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and my dad's a dentist who does not live in Lake Arrowhead, so I would travel off the mountain to another place just for dental care just for dental care um and also to visit my dad uh twice a month because that's what the uh that's what the the contract said uh i don't know (laughs) i don't know what you call the custody (laughs) the contract it's just a sad contract yeah just the contract my dad would would watch us uh twice a month um yeah, so I grew up in I grew up in Lake Arrowhead. I'm trying to think of okay the the way that I uh, do. You remember you've seen Lindsay Lohan's The Parent Trap? Yes. So the campground that's like Arrowhead. Oh, seems nice. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. There's definitely like a classist thing going on. There's like richy, 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 rich people that live on the golf course in the lake, and then there's poor, 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 poor people who live like behind the post office, and then there's like a very small sliver of middle-class people, which is where I was. Sounds delightful. Yeah. So like a lot of places, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. California is fun. I never, I like, if we didn't spend much time in California, people forget that when you get to the West Coast, the states are ginormous. They're huge. Um, yeah. So like I went to school in the Midwest and just like, driving through three states to get to like chicago or something was bizarre to me because i'm like yeah we can drive eight hours in oregon and still be in oregon and still be in oregon yeah i feel like like california is bigger than some countries for sure which is stupid (laughs) um which i disagree with and i i'm here to start my advocacy for um breaking california up actually someone tried to do that not that long ago People, people be trying things all the time. There was like a bill passed, not passed, there was a bill uh, uh, presented or something that was going to like divide California into like seven different states. 
I mean, it could. Why not? It could. Because every area just has such a different economy. Like, L.A. was going to be a state. Just L.A. County was just going to be a state in itself. Just a whole bunch of green juice. Yeah. Just living on its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always worry when we, like, add states about the song, The 50 Nifty United States from the 13 Original Colonies. Like, how are kids going to learn 52 states? Which I guess... That's hard. It's hard. Without songs, how do we learn? I know. If any, I didn't actually learn that song. We, I learned it was like we just listed them all off, and then we had hand gestures for each one. So like Maine, we would make like a lobster claw because there's lobsters up there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I forgot what New Hampshire was, and that was the second state, so I already forgot most of the song. I was like, what is South Dakota? <laughs> South Dakota. I know North Dakota was like I. It would like you would knock on in the wind three times, four times to do like Mount Rushmore. It was like the heads of oh, Mount Rushmore. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm into that. So growing up um, on your delightful parent trap campground, did you Mm -hmm. start doing like music and theater and stuff? Or was that a later in life find? Um, Like music and theater was always in my life, but I didn't start doing it myself until I was 16. Oh, wow. Um, But like, I remember growing up, my mom had like four CDs in her car and it was like an Andrew Lloyd Webber compilation CD, Evita and... uh, something else we also had like veggie tales did you ever listen to veggie tales i did not do the veggie tales but i know i know of their fame there's a theatrical element to veggie tales absolutely I will say. um yeah so i remember i like uh yeah i remember like i would be doing like crafts in second grade and just singing like so what happens now and my teacher's like what are you like what are you singing um <laughs> but that because that's just what played um and then yeah, my brother start my older brother, he's a year older than me. He started doing theater like in middle school. And I was always just like super shy. Um, so I would just kind of observe. And then uh my junior year of high school, our high school was doing The Wizard of Oz, and my brother was not gonna be in it. He was gonna be the technical director, which I still don't really know everything that he did because everything that he said he was like, I'm going to be the technical director of The Wizard of Oz. And then he started listing off all of these ideas of what he had. He's like, we're going to get this machine that makes things fly in the air for like the twister. None of that happened. Um, so <laughs> we love a 16 year old with a lot of vision. Yeah, a 16 year old with dreams. Yeah. Um, but he was like, you need to audition for The Wizard of Oz. And so I did. Uh, I remember I was, I was the most nervous I've ever been in my entire life. But I auditioned for it. And I got the scarecrow, and that was like, but again, let's just like small, t- small town, like great, yeah, great first role, super fun. But I'll just remember just like small town. So it's this kind of that kind of school where they're like, we just need guys, mm-hmm. we need guys. we need people with penises to audition, and um, yeah. And then I was like, it was like an awakening of not not like oh I love theater because I always knew that, but it was like oh these are like my people, like these are the people that I understand, the people who understand me, and like. I didn't really have many close friends until then. It was the first time that I was like, oh, these are people that I actually want to spend time with. Um, so yeah, I knew that I wanted to like be in that world. There's nothing like high school theater friends. It is a weird, delightful time of life. It's a delightful time of life and you graduate and you're like, we're going to be friends forever. How many of them do I still talk to? Two of them. Well, there you go. You kept two. We yeah. had, um, I had my 10 year, uh, 
high school graduate high school reunion 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 um a couple of years ago now i guess now that time makes no sense but they also did a theater one uh separately uh-huh. and it was so crazy just to like one at the very least i live in new york so like even if i'm doing absolutely nothing i am like that's all you have to say that's yeah. what i do <laughs> Uh, but then on the other side, everyone's like, no, I like, I've been married for a few years and like have a kid and we're not weird anymore. We're like working banks. I was like, what happened? I know. <laughs> Which is like, great. You're like, that's wonderful. I'm glad you have like a beautiful family and a beautiful life. That's really fun. But like, you got to find out, you got to, you got to be weird somewhere. Right. That makes sense though. I think every high school should have a separate reunion for the theater kids because that is a bond that that even other kids notice because I remember both in high school and in college like as soon as the year was over or as soon as like we were graduated other people who weren't involved in theater would say things like I always wanted to be a theater kid you guys were always so close you were like like it was it was so fun to watch and it always seemed like such a like popular kids would come up and say like I really wish I was brave enough to like do theater because you guys are so close yeah, I feel like it's something about having a shared activity, A, eh? but like it's such a, when it's done right and you're doing it with like too many kids in high school because like everybody's in the musical, right? It's just like you created something, you built something, no matter like if you're good at math or not or whatever, like you just, you made something as opposed to, I think, like being a popular kid where you like sat at a cool table or maybe played like a football game. Yeah, like we no matter what like I made into the woods with that group of people for the rest of my life it's that feeling it's the bond of creating something together and I also think it's like probably the first time that a lot of students actually felt heard and some of their ideas were actually like validated Mm -hmm. in a process also you're all under the authority of sometimes most of the time emotionally and mentally abusive teachers (laughs) so you're going through a lot of trauma together so I think that bonds people it is shared trauma at this reunion at one point I turned around we were all sitting in a circle it's like how did we get here and like each person was walking being like I remember when blah 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 and I was like that is abuse uh- <laughs> yeah yeah I remember when this adult told me that I was like ugly and not talented and that I need to yeah mm-hmm. yeah lots of things love shared trauma mm-hmm. that's my fave my first musical I was 15 and I was chip in Beauty and the Beast love that because the actual eight-year-old <laughs> had originally been in it booked a like legitimate job (laughs) he booked something else (laughs) i was like i will do it i am short it'll work this eight-year-old i'm picturing the eight-year-old in a blazer and like sunglasses being like i'm so sorry i have to i have to drop this i booked something else i simply cannot do and then they're like ryan put the mop down can you come and get on this cart (laughs) bury that oh bury that and it from there on, I just continued, and here I am today. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, so did you go to college for theater, too? I did. I um, It's like, okay, so, like, I'm not a fan of change. Me neither. I'm getting used to it, but like leaving my small town was like super scary for me so originally I can't even I I can't believe I didn't want to leave I wanted to stay in Lake Arrowhead and I thought that I would be happy there which obviously I would not be but um 
yeah, I went to uh, Cal State Fullerton first, right after like a big state school, which coming from like a town of like 5,000 people and then going to a school of 20,000 people, it was like kind of a culture shock. Yeah. And so I didn't go to class at all because I was just like, luckily I had my own dorm room. That school didn't have a lot of dorm rooms at the time. So they had like little apartments that had tiny one bedrooms. And so I had that and I just like stayed in there because I was legitimately scared to go outside. And then I got a job at Disneyland, which is right down the street. And um, I was like, I just like upped my schedule at Disney because I was like happy there and obviously. And um, so I just like didn't go to class and I was just working at Disneyland. And anytime I had the day off, I would just go back to Disneyland. Um, Yeah. yeah. And then like three months later, I got emails from all my professors that were like, you haven't been here all year. You flunked. You failed the class. Oh, no. And I was like, oops. Um, So I called my parents and I was like, I'm dropping out of school (laughs) i love disneyland so much i love disneyland so much that i'm not going to school and then and then i was like by then i was comfortable at disneyland so i was like i'm gonna work here for the rest of my life yeah absolutely logical step (laughs) and so yeah and so i just i worked there full time for like the rest of the school year but then the year after that my mom was like no you have to go to college like that's just you just like you can major in whatever you want just like you have to go and so I went to a much smaller school, uh, which was a small private Christian school, uh, which which pros and cons, pros and cons. But like I like Lake Arrowhead is a very conservative town. So I knew how to navigate like the Christian environment. So I was like, this is familiar to me. Like I it's it's OK. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, it was like a tiny campground of a school. And I majored in theater there. There was one stage. It used to be a lecture hall. It was like a weird Pentagon shape for witchcraft. <laughs> for <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant hexagon. It's <laughs> like okay. No, no, no. That's pentagram. A pentagon. Yeah, like like a little house. Yeah, yeah, like a little house. <laughs> Re- <laughs> Readers, we are now trying to make a pentagram with our fingers. It's not going well with our fingers. <laughs> well, you can't do that because our fingers only bend. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, and. Um, yeah, I, I I don't I don't think I had a similar theatrical experience to like other people in college mm-hmm. who went to like BFA programs and like um and like conservatories because my school was small. It was very small, and I'm honestly amazed that they had a theater program. And we did great. I honestly think we did great for like what we had. Yeah, and I am thankful that I went there because. I say this in the nicest way possible. So little was required of me there <laughs> that I was able to take the time to like learn about myself and figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> no, it's important. I I more and more am uh, anti-BFA. Um, yeah. And I think it's important to definitely take that time to figure out who you are first and then what you want to do with this gift drive yeah interest before you like step into stuff you know right like go to college that's fine but be a theater minor and get uh, major in something else be a theater minor because then you could just take whatever theater classes are actually interesting to you Mm -hmm. because honestly getting like a degree in theater and you're like you have to take like three courses of like theater history yeah and then you're learning about like theater of the world and you're like i'm never gonna never gonna do this 
I'm never, like, uh, I'm never doing theater in the world, ever. Yeah, never in my and life. taking lighting is not, like, light, like, I'm not, uh, again, like, there's, like, I'm trying to think of, like, the nicest way to put this, like, lighting design was fun, and it was interesting to learn, but it was, it was, like, there was always just this layer of, like, I know that I'm never going to apply this much of it into my life, like, I'm really happy, I would have loved to just take in, like, a day seminar to, like, learn the terms, learn what they do, so you have appreciation for the craft and the skill, but like an entire two entire year on lighting design when I'm like, I know I'm not going to be a lighting designer. And I was like being graded on my lighting design skills. And I'm, and, and my professor was like, you're not that good. And I'm like, I know that's why I'm not, <laughs> I didn't pick this. No. And then on the flip side, we had the tech majors had to take acting one and they would be yeah. in acting one with us for the whole semester and be like, this sucks. We don't want to do this. And we know, yeah. and we know that like you feel bad because you have to act with us. Like, and then on the flip side, I'm like, girl, I don't know how to plug in a light. And they're like, yeah. I'm not helping you. Uh. <laughs> and they're like, we're wa- they're like, what's the point of putting a tech major in an acting class? Like to get them to appreciate, like they appreciate it. That's why they're there. That's yeah. why like, like, yeah. Ugh, so whatever. How, how did you take, <laughs> how did you take your fear of change and want of remaining in like the same kind of area to move to New York? I honestly, I feel like something snapped. I, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack back to Disneyland. All right. Back to Disneyland. Because back to Disneyland. Cause uh, that was like, that was a happy place filled with laughter and joy. haha. And I got to be a part of the magic, which was really fun. But at the same time, like every day I met thousands of people from all over the world. Um, and it was, it was the first time that I met like out gay people okay. at Disneyland. Were you out? So I was like eight. No. Uh, no. So I was 18 and that was the first time I met gay people who were out and just like gay. And it was just a huge like social awakening for me and a, a view into different kinds of people and that, and that all these people can come together and enjoy one, you know, one certain thing. Um, and also fight all day. But like, um, <laughs> I think that sort of released a lot of the fear of the unknown because like, working at a place like that when you have so many people from different places and different backgrounds you just like really never know what's going to happen and you just have to deal with it Mm -hmm. um that helped a lot and then so by the end of college I remember I remember a very specific our college had like a summer internship and we would just do it so that we wouldn't have to go home yeah uh and I remember there was one senior who did the internship after graduating and so we were all moving back into the dorms for like our next year. And he was just like sitting on his computer and I remember passing him and I was like, congrats on graduating. And he, it was like a horror movie. He slowly turned in his, in his chair and looked at me with the most empty of eyes and just said, I have no idea what I'm going to do now. Yeah. And I was like, Oh no. Like, oh no, baby. No. And, oh no. I was like, do you want to go get, and um I remember that thought stayed in my head for a long time where I was like that's terrifying like I don't I actually I don't want to not know what I'm gonna do um yeah and not know where I'm gonna and not know where I'm gonna go um so it was like I think it was like my last semester and people were starting talking about things and I was just like there was the same thing of like well no one asks you questions if you say you're gonna move to New York yep they're like oh absolutely yeah 
so I was sitting around with some friends and I just I just floated the idea. I was like, does anyone want to come to New York with me? And three people went, I do. And so the four of us moved to New York like five months later. Oh my God. That's incredible. Yeah. We had no furniture for like four months. Yeah. We were really rough in it. That's how you do it. I got so nervous that I I graduated, went home for a year, was like, okay, I'm going to do it because I said I was going to do it, and then moved. I wonder what life would be like if I just had the gumption to do it like right after graduation. But It's scary. Yeah. And also, not everyone has the means to do it. Like, I remember... Like my my mom my mom very fortunately was able to help me out for like the first my first year, mm-hmm. um, but it was interesting too because I remember we, the four of us moving in together we were moving in, the same day that these other four, recent graduates were moving in and we just literally had our like duffel bags with our clothes and shit in it and they all had their parents there and of course like on the stoop we were like oh my god we're all in the same situation like we all just graduated from from theater we blah 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 moved high and um they were like where are your parents and we were like they're at they're at home in California. They didn't. They didn't come with us. And they go, oh, okay. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go pick up our furniture order from Bed Bath and Beyond. Do you guys do? Do you want to come and pick up anything? And we were like, no, we're good. <laughs> uh, and they like were very nice, and they let us use their Wi-Fi because we don't have Wi-Fi for like. <laughs> we were literally just like we had no furniture. I, my, my dad got me a mattress, but it didn't arrive for two months. So I was sleeping on just an empty room on the floor for two for my first two months nice um it's the dead of summer we didn't understand that we should have bought an ac so it was just hot and you stayed that's crazy and we stayed look at you go there's two of us that are still here the other two moved back well i you know i feel like new york is always going to be here so like when people Mm -hmm. feel strange about leaving or coming in and out i'm like you're it's gonna be you know how it works at this point so just like yeah come when it's something that seems exciting to you and leave when it doesn't because it's not yeah easy the city's gonna be here the people that you know are still gonna be here are still complaining about everything so it's like nothing's gonna change you're fine you're fine you're good so you get here with gumption nothing you're sleeping on the floor probably good for your back yeah how did you did you just start auditioning and get going or were you like I'm well, um, it was like, so like every day we would get up and go to a Starbucks and just like sit there and like apply for jobs. <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. Um, and I got a job catering and, um, let's see, what else? We, we, we got like barista jobs catering. And then our one, my, our one friend who did like a, um, my one friend who did a, she did an internship at a casting at, a, at an agency in LA, she got a job as an office at an office assistant in in New York. Um, but she very soon had to quit because it, it was one of those scam oh, agencies. No. Oh no! <laughs> and I remember like she was like she would come home crying every day because the boss lady was just like this horrible woman who would just like scream and everything like that. And then we like did the math and found out she was making like $6 an hour. No, no, no. And so we were like, get out of there. So she started applying, applying, applying to like other places. And she got an office assistant job at like a real agency. So that was like great. Um, and then, oh, my other friend got a job. She uh, no, she's like a, she knows how to sew. She got a job at 
a nightclub um like being the seamstress for all of like a fancy nightclub being the seamstress for all the for all the like dancers outfits that's cool yeah and so she worked three days a week but made like enough money but she would also work from like 11 p.m to like 7 a.m yeah 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 and so yeah, yeah yeah but yeah it um my I don't know I remember in Starbucks once I was just going through Facebook and I followed Drew Gasparini's Facebook page and he like posted something that was like I have an opening for a coaching on Tuesday if anyone wants it here's my email and I was like oh I didn't realize you could just email celebrities like Drew Gasparini (laughs) he's like so famous which at Um, that time yeah I get that now we giggle at that time now we giggle but But also like when you're a college kid, like any any kind of like YouTube video, any you any YouTube video of like Fifty Four Below, you're like that's a famous person, and Fifty Four Below is a famous place. And now you're like, if anyone's like, do you want to do a show Fifty Four Below? You're like, I'm sick all I the can't. all the days that Fifty Four Below is I'm open. So busy. No, if any of those kids from <laughs> UMish, the class of I don't know, 2010, the like blue hair, I sing group of people, they're celebrities still to this day to me. They are, yeah. I mean, who sang Blue Hair first? Who sang Blue Hair first? I think it was Courtney Wolfson was the first one I saw. Okay. And it was like a, it wasn't even, it wasn't at 54 Below. It was literally no. at like a, like a, like a showcase yeah, sort of deal. Yeah, it was like at their school. It was so, yeah. so formative to me because that's how I like found college in general because I couldn't like travel to see everything. Um, uh-huh. And at the time, anything on YouTube was professional and fit you know like yeah so it's like oh this is they're famous these are famous yeah, yeah. people <laughs> to the point where like my friend now lauren culver who went to my school i saw her video of her singing uh neverland by scott allen and that's how i decided uh-huh. to go to mill again so when i saw her at the school as i was auditioning i was like oh my god dad i can't function like this is a celebrity <laughs> I love that. I think it's so fun. Like, there's so many composers that like I've worked with v- vaguely, and I'm just like thinking back. I'm like, wow, college Troy and even high school Troy would be like, oh my god, oh yeah, this is fame, this is famous, and and I'm like, they pay me like fifty dollars to sing a demo or something. I don't know. Um, but anyways, yeah, I emailed him, and he emailed back, you know, with uh with punctuality, and I like a few days later I was like singing with him at a rehearsal studio and um oh it was at it was at Pearl Studio or Ripley Greer because I also remember do you remember the the web series that came out that everyone watched uh submissions only yes yeah yeah so that was like Ripley Greer and Ripley Greer and Pearl Studios and I remember like walking in and I was like oh, this is uh <laughs> this is where it all happens oh my god what an honor to be in these halls <laughs> And now it's like, if I get an audition, that's like, it's at Pearl. I'm like, Ugh! You're like the worst. Um, yeah. And um, yeah. So I, I say, I sang a few songs with him. It was literally a 45 minute session. And then afterwards I talked about this on his podcast with him. He was like, he was like, Hey, I'm teaching a class at the growing studio. You should take it. And I wasn't in any position to 
say no. So, uh, well, that, that I, I meant just because I was new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> he, I was like, he okay. peer pressured you into taking class. He peer pressured me. Yeah. And then I think he emailed me the link or something, and it was like a four hundred dollar class. But yeah. I was like, this is worth it. Um, and so. I think on on Drew's podcast, he said something along the lines of like, we met and we did like master classes together. And I was like, okay, it was one class that (laughs) you told me to pay you to take. (laughs) So let's just like get things straight here. (laughs) He was a bully. No, but he was great. So I I took that class with him. And then after that, he asked me to sing in one of his 54 Below shows. So that was my debut. And um. And then after that concert, I got an email from another composer that was like, I saw you at that show. Can you sing at this show? And then that's kind of just how it happened. Like people, just my name, people started seeing me places and I was new and they knew that I would do things for free. And so. uh, (laughs) Very that, yeah. So that's how I started. Besides the fact that you are talented. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's beside the point. That's beside the point. That's awesome. I'm affordable. (laughs) Affordable first, talented second. Yeah, that's how you that's how you run your business. Mm-hmm. So Troy, you moved to New York. You have all you have all your friends around you. You're ready to go. You've got like this charm. You're meeting people. They're relying on you to sing in their concerts. And I have to ask you, why are you like this? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Um, I think we've touched on it before. Uh, isn't everyone the way that they are because of trauma? Let's get dark. For sure, yeah. Let's do it. Definitely trauma. I don't know. I'm trying to think of anything specific. I feel like most of my life, like I was so shy and the idea of humiliation, which that's embarrassing to say, but like Whatever. was, was my biggest fear. That's like, 
Amy Schumer did a stand-up special where they were like, they did a study and like women's biggest fear is violence and men's biggest fear is humiliation. And I'm like, that's true. And that's not, that's stupid. That's really sad. Like that's, you know, yeah, that's really sad that I'm like, I don't want to be embarrassed. Um, I don't anymore. But like when I was, when I was younger, it was like being embarrassed in front of people was like my biggest fear. And, um, I don't know, like, I think that's why I started figuring out that, like, if I did something stupid, but then did some sort of frill at the end, people would laugh. And then I was like, oh, being funny is the way to get away with messing up. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I had low self-esteem. It was insecure. But I was like, I knew at least that I was funny. And that was what was going to keep me safe. And that even like played into middle school and high school when I realized that I was gay and I was like, oh, I can't, I can't tell anybody. And, but like, I also, this is, you know, part of who I am. And also um, I can't help the fact that I am not as masculine as other, as the other guys. And that um, when I do feel comfortable, that's when I start you know, showing my femininity a little bit. And then that's when it goes too far. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so then comedy was something that kind of helped with that. No, that makes to help. total sense. Yeah. I think I don't think I'm saying anything revolutionary here. I feel like people are like, right, Troy. Like, well, Jesus. One, it is your, <laughs> your story. So you can say however the hell you want to say it. But two, like, I think... Yeah, I mean, Amy Schumer puts those two things together because it will make a laugh and make a reaction, right? I I think being a queer youth, hopefully it's getting better, but like, yeah, there's a there's a fear of being humiliated or embarrassed that is deeper than like, I don't want to like trip as I'm walking up the stairs because it's mm-hmm. like, if I trip while I walk up the stairs and I'm gay, somehow they'll figure that out. And that yeah. is scary. Mm-hmm. I would think I was it, I was trying to explain to a straight friend once about what it's like to be what my experience was like, was like being in the closet and staying in the closet. And I was like, it is your number one priority from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. And it's connected to absolutely everything. So I could be in a at a at a burger place. And I'm like, in my head, the voice in my head is, okay, Troy, you need to go and order a burger, but you need to make sure that when you walk, people don't know you're gay. When you open your mouth, people don't know you're gay. When you take out your little Velcro wallet, people don't know that you're gay. And make sure that you order the straightest burger. Because your top priority is to make sure that people don't know you're gay. Meanwhile, if I was a fly on the wall, I was fully flaunting and skipping up to the counter and being like, can I have a chicken sandwich, please? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, in your head, that's like, a, it's a running checklist that you're keeping at all times that like, I was talking about this the other day. And I was like, I am so envious of people that had like, oh, like I fell in love in high school or like we like, me and my girlfriend were like holding hands and like that felt cool. So then we like continued. I was like, most of my experience was like, if a man puts his hand on my back, I have to act like it doesn't feel incredible to me and hope that mm-hmm. nobody sees me doing that for like years. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, yeah, it's just like 
it's constant. Well, it's also just like, I don't think a lot of people realize that like, um, a lot of straight people, not all of them, but a lot of them have the privilege of being able to start finding themselves at a very early age. And not only that, but exploring and experimenting and sort of solidifying who they want to be. And a lot of a lot of queer people don't have the privilege of doing that. The top priority is survival and protection mm-hmm. and safety. And so uh, finding ourselves, finding out what we like is something that is just on the back burner for years. And a lot of people, it's not until they move out of their hometown where it's like, and it's not like you can move out of your hometown, just be like, okay, ah! it's like, it's still scary because you've just been so conditioned to like protect yourself that a lot of, a lot of queer people, like when they finally are in a safer environment, it's a very slow process. It's all valid. I truly didn't find my queer identity until New York. Because even though I came out in college um, and we were, it, we were like, everyone's gay. There were maybe 12 people. It was a small school. Like it was maybe like 12 gay guys total. And, mm. uh, but the idea was everyone was, I'm gay, but I'm not like that. I'm not that kind of gay. Yes. Mm-hmm. To the point where, like, I was briefly with this wonderful person who was just, like, a very femme man, and, like, I didn't know what to do um, because my entire identity had been wrapped up in being, like, I guess appeasing for straight people to be, like, I have told you that I am gay, but I don't want to freak you out. I'm not the gay that you think I am, as opposed mm-hmm. to just, like, being the faggot that I love to be like it's very it's just a long journey Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a long journey and the thing is too like we live in New York which is which is arguably the most like gay friendly city in the country Mm -hmm. I mean Mm -hmm. that's just arguably I don't know I don't know what the statistics are but even the other day like I don't know a month ago I was walking home with my boyfriend and we were holding hands and this guy comes up right into our faces and just like kind of I don't know what you call this. It's like squares up, like gets in, he just gets like in your squares face. Up yeah. And just like gets in our face and does like this grunt. And like, we kind of did this like shimmy around him, but there was like a thought in my head that I was like, oh, this is, oh, okay. This is my rite of passage. I'm going to get hate crimed. Um, and I, it's, it's very sad and unfair that that's a thought that's in a lot of people's head of like, Oh, it's definitely plausible that at some point in my life, someone is going to hurt me um, because they don't like me Yeah. Uh, for something that I can't control. And um, it's sad that that happens in New York. Absolutely. And um, it's I, I do think that a lot of people, especially during like Pride Month, even whether or not they consider themselves an ally or not, I've definitely seen a lot of people who are like, but it's a bit much it's a bit much, you know? And it's like, no, it's not. It's necessary because you, because the world has still not, uh, the, you know, the, the, the pendulum or whatever has not moved far enough. So, so, so we have to be this loud and Mm -hmm. we have to be this strong and we have to be this proud. Um, because as, as soon as literally, as soon as June is over, people are tearing down those rainbows as fast as they possibly can. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just like, it's a lot. 
it's just a lot. So I I understand how being humiliated could be a huge fear growing up. I think that makes sense. I think it was also it was like I'm going to be humiliated and then I'm going to be ostracized and then it was the things that are like I'm not just it wasn't just about getting embarrassed. It was like what does the embarrassment then lead to? Mm-hmm. Um and it could potentially be violence and it could, you know, Because also, there was, like, one out gay kid in um, my high school, and he got treated horribly. Yeah. So just seeing how, like, people would just, like, hit him and throw things at him, and everyone would just laugh. And um, I was like, well, I don't want to be that. No. It's self-preservation. Yeah. But on the flip side, we are two out actors, and hopefully that will create space that makes it so it's less and less of an issue for people younger than us hopefully Uh, yeah and hopefully we can move forward so that i don't know when people are making their own version of this podcast or whatever 20 years from now they don't have the same yeah the same like combined trauma i think it's interesting too like i think a lot of a lot of um, a lot of queer actors who are out and, you know, are, are advocates and stuff in interviews. I've had this happen to me. Like, I've had people ask me, like, you play a lot of gay roles. And I go, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the thought comes in my head. I was like, do you ask straight people that question? You play a lot of straight roles. Also, like, let me just list off all the roles that I've played. I've played this. I've played, you know, a hopelessly romantic brother who's like snarky and uh, and a college dropout who, you know, loves his sister more than anything. I've played, you know, uh, a, a New York Times journalist who blackmails someone, blah, 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 you know, the list, blah, blah, blah. But all you seem to focus on is the fact that at some point that character has had a penis in their mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't ask straight actors that because the moment a straight actor plays gay, they get an award. So then they get an award yeah. and it still happens. Uh-huh. It happened, what, three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it is, it is funny. And it's, it's like, I, I just don't have any interest in, I don't have any interest in straight passing anymore. And Mm-mm. it took to 29 for that. But I just, I just don't, I don't find, I mean, I'll take a paycheck. But it's not gonna like invigorate me as an artist to right. not tell queer stories because exactly the more we have, the more different you get to be. Yeah, and also like I get auditions for straight people. I don't try and hide whatever kind of femininity you know I have that comes out of it because I'm like, you know what? There's feminine straight dudes. Mm-hmm. I know a few of them, mm-hmm. and like. If 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 the casting director can't believe that, then if the if if the casting director is watching my tape and is like the way that he talks makes me know that he's that he interacts with other people's penises, I'm like, okay, that's that's your problem. I don't know. That's, that's like too many thoughts. That's not my issue. I want you to be like, he's too short. Like, yeah, he's got curly hair. Get him out of here. Yeah, don't think about me sucking a dick. You don't deserve that. Yeah. You see, yeah, other people seem to think about all the time people sucking sucking penises a lot more than than they than they they would like to claim they do. Absolutely. <laughs> oh well, Troy, as we are winding down our time here, 
I ask this of all my guests, do you have any questions for me? Yeah. Um, so like, what are your hours and what's the pay rate? Um, and do I get benefits? Benefits for sure. Um, mm-hmm. They're not necessarily health insurance benefits, um, <laughs> but, they, benefits but they are a type of benefit that I think you would okay. enjoy. Um, like a co- like a continental breakfast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like a okay. lot of like the green melon that's left. Okay. Honeydew is that honeydew? Yeah. I also I'm friends with all of your roommates. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's not a question. That was just a statement. <laughs> I was like, yes, you are. Yeah, but wait, you weren't you all? You all did that McDonald's commercial. We right? did. Yes, we pretended to drive in a car in the living room. Because you booked that in the depths of the pandemic. Depths of pandemic. They were looking for people who had already potted together. Um, uh-huh. So that's like I think why we got in. And Sean was the one who sent in the initial like, "We are three gay people living in a house," and. Um, they responded to his email and they're like, great. Uh, we want you to set up like you're driving a car and we'll do a zoom audition. So we literally put like four chairs, like you're in a uh-huh. high school theater and you're like pretending to drive a car. Um, and you're like turning way too many times with your hands. Cause you have no steering wheel. And they were like, okay, you're driving down a highway. Uh, and there's McDonald's tell them to stop. And so we just like, homo babbled about wanting mcdonald's i wish that this video was available i know the commercial's available i've seen it many times but i want to see i love i love self-tapes i love seeing them i think they're so funny well i'm i'm exhausted from the that i would do all the time because at least we're like there's a person like they're like okay and now the sun is rising and you're tired or whatever yeah the self-tape of like me moving things off my wall and pushing my bed to the side to like sing at a camera is yeah i'm done i'm done <laughs> that's a, that's a lot it is you know what yeah that is a lot and it's it's kind of ridiculous how no one's really talked about the fact that during this pandemic it was essentially required for all any kind of performer to like purchase a ring light purchase a nicer camera a tripod and also like rearrange their apartment somehow so that they had an entire studio like set up a studio mm-hmm. and they're like yeah that's fine and i'm like excuse me like we're all basically film editors and audio editors at this point. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if you can see it. I have a giant ring light that just, like, stands in my room now. So if anybody comes over, I'm like, welcome to my room. And they're like, what is this lighting? This is not an OnlyFans. I do think it's funny that, like, ring lights have kind of become mainstream and people just have them. Oh, yeah. For their, for their like, accounting Zoom meeting. Yeah for their FaceTime call or whatever. I think that's funny. Oh, before we go, I have to ask, what's it like being in Be More Chill? Because those Um, fans are, those fans love that show. Those fans are amazing and I love them. And uh, it really is like 100, I I never had a negative experience because of the the fans. I always thought it was so cool. Um, Yeah, it was great. I actually really missed the off-Broadway production because we were at the signature theater and the understudies, we would just hang out in the lobby. Mm-hmm. And so during intermission and before, like the fans would just come up to us and we'd be able to like talk to them and hang out. So that was super fun. Um, but 
It was, it was in, I don't think I like, it was my Broadway debut and I do not think it was in any way comparable to any other experience simply because of the fans and the hype. Like it was really, it was a really interesting and special experience. Um, Just like high energy all the time, super fun. It kind of, I don't know. It was giving me, it was giving me tones of like, um, like, like youth group at a mega church. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, welcome to Nickelodeon. I don't know. And, um, yeah, it was super duper fun. Um, I, I, I'm very enjoying myself and I'm really happy that I was an understudy for some reason. I just, I really liked playing all those different roles and I liked being able to, um, save the day whenever I was working. I saw it at Signature. I didn't see it oh. when it went to Broadway and I loved the album. So I was like, I'm excited to go. It'll be great. And mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm super excited for this. And I got there and I was like, oh, I am not even kind of a fan compared to like the fans that were there. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. These teens from Jersey like knew everything about all of you from mm-hmm. the moment you got there were like, so pumped it's at the signature so like the show ends poor will roll and tesco the bathroom and like we're all just in the bathroom just to like walk yeah yeah and i'm like this is i have never seen a reaction like that from fans for a musical theater experience yeah and at the signature i think that was i i don't want to claim this but that i remember people talking about the fact that they had to, in a sense, make a cue for the, for the like stage door. They had mm-hmm. to like set up ro- like you know ropes and and everything like that, so that we could. It was essentially like a step and repeat sort of situation. We couldn't just like like any other show just come out and see people because it was like it was like hundreds of screaming people every time. Um, it was very cool. Full on celebrities. Yeah, and the fan art is the best part because some of these some of these people are so talented and then they just give you this like piece of art of yourself for free and you're like thank you thank you so much now now i can just put myself up on all my walls and just be like look at me i look like a superhero you can hang it it right next to your j-lo skincare i literally have two of them like right over there (laughs) (laughs) oh i love that Troy, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for being on the pod. Thank you. I'm going to go get breakfast now. Go get breakfast. Where can the kids find you? Um, okay, so you can find me. I'm on Instagram at, at Mr. Troy Iwata. Um, uh, I'm, I'm currently in the midst of an alt-right attack. So... Um, I'm gonna make a post about it soon. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I was like, we're winding. Wait, I should have brought that up like, at the beginning of wi- the podcast. <laughs> we're winding down. You're like, I'm getting attacked by the alt right. Find me on Instagram. I, I have a very. I'll, I'll, it's a very quick story. Go for I'll, it. I'll, yes. I'll narrow it down. I sang a song for the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus a while ago for a virtual concert. They put the video up on YouTube and it got it, it went viral on a bunch of alt-right platforms and they edited the they even edited the video so that we're saying different things. And then there so and then so I've been getting a lot of um emails and comments on all my platforms and my agents are getting email like hate like death threats and hate hate oh speech God. and stuff like that because um 
the alt-right people think that uh, gay people um, are out to uh, get their children. Fair. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what happens when you sing a song. That's what happens when you sing a song. So like that, that basically what I'm saying is like, be careful singing because you never know. <laughs> you never know when um, the alt-right will come after you. It was like the two, it was like the two big alt-right people. What's his name? Alex Jones. Sure. Sounds okay. like a he's white like, person. Yeah. Yeah. He like has a TV show and like, he's like, he's like one of the top alt-right people who just like, he's just, just imagine just an old sweaty man screaming. Oh, Troy, that sucks. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh my Anyways, God. Anyways, bye. <laughs> That's so crazy. Oh my God. Okay. Well, if y'all are listening and you aren't on the alt-right, maybe send Troy something nice. Mm-hmm. Just a nice word of encouragement. I would love that. Um, so that the alt-right <laughs> will leave him alone. They will. It'll die. Every Any kind of hate thing, it dies down in like a week. There you go. You know, people move on. There you go. It's fine. All right. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Until next time, y'all. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.